everybody. Welcome back to the Game by Show podcast. It's uh, Sunday, July the 5th, 2020. It's the day after the 4th of July. That's how things work. It's the 5th of July. Uh, my name is LeGrand Jolly. This evening, I am joined by my two co-hosts, Jeremy Lamont and Dale Jones. Hello, fellow hey. co-host hey. podcasters. How you doing? Uh, I'm still feeling a little bit hungover from Liberty Brew. Holy cow, dude. Did we have some Liberty Brew? Oh, man. What's, I feel like... Day? What's in that? 50 flavors, 50 flavors of <laughs> cocaine. Well, they have no, well, maybe. I mean, they don't you really... You don't know. No. You don't want to know. No. But I, I can still feel it in my spleen. I think yeah. I think I've got at least 46 of those flavors just, like, sitting in my duodenum. We had, we had quite the fiesta over at my house last night. I'm still recovering. Duodenum? Yeah, Is that, like, a Dissidia game? <laughs> du- Final Fantasy Duodenum. Dissidia, <laughs> Dissidia Duodenum. Oh man, Dis- I, I hate it when good. you get Dissidia Duodenum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, talk about so they, they have to, That that takes a surgical extraction at that point. Every time I try to think about a Final Fantasy story, I get Dissidia Duodenum. <laughs> yeah, no, Just, I get maybe? Dissidia yeah. Perineum. It's, especially now that they're doing the Final Fantasy VII remake, I'm I can feel it in my Duodenum already. <laughs> no, it's fine. Well, thanks for that. Yeah. Thanks for that. Uh, I hope everyone had a good Independence Day and a safe one. Hope they didn't burn their houses down or any neighboring homes. Especially our British friends. Hey, how's it going over there? Hey, fellas. Hey, guys. Uh, no, I don't. We cooked Can five... you hear the fireworks from, from over there? Actually, I can hear the fireworks right now. I don't think it shows up on the microphone, but there are still some yokels out there. There's, there's yeah. some dudes here, too, man. The, the, funny thing, the funny thing is that I'm actually right on the border of the neighborhoods where it's not allowed. So as you enter into my like little neighborhood area, they have a big sign that says fireworks disallowed. But across the street, it's fine. <laughs> so there's, I get... there's a park across the street from my house, and we were walking through the park today, and it's just nothing but fireworks trash. Right really? Now. Yeah. That's what I think about. Is I, I swear when I came home last night from Legrand's that you know there were still people shooting fireworks all over, and I, I swear that I was hearing like little light like paper coils and stuff like hitting my roof. Probably. It, it was probably my imagination. No. But but, but I I find those things out there for weeks. How afterwards. would you hear light paper coils hitting your roof? Well, you know it's like the leftovers because when those things explode. No, it's like I mean, this... but like you're in the house, right? Well, like as I was coming in from and the if car, a, if a like a piece of confetti lands on your roof, you can hear. No, it. no, 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 no. It's like finding like a cardboard tube or something, like the leftover, you know, mm-hmm. like a spent, like Roman candle Bottle or something. Rock. You know, there's yeah, there's like yeah. the leftover little, like packing material, that the explosives were in. You know what's fun? Bottle rockets. Yeah. Uh, I never actually Bottle did Rocket? That. There's a movie called Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket. Yeah, I think no. it's actually I think it's Wes Anderson's first movie. Am I huh. making that up? No, I it think, that, like, I think that, maybe that's true. It sounds like something Art Garfunkel would be in. Uh, but it's got, like it's got a... Luke and Owen Wilson. And, um... Wow. Okay. It's just a funny, cool movie. All right. Well, Bottle there's your uh, there's your movie recommendation for today, folks. Uh, yeah. Bottled Rocket. Um, yeah, no, I, I guess I can't say that... Uh, can't say they, that uh, so they, what they're wanting to do is, like, they want to be, like, criminals, like, doing, like, bank jobs and stuff. And so they have to have a front, right? Uh, uh-huh. Oh, that's the other thing. It's I think it's like James Caan is in this movie, like like Sonny Corleone. Yeah, from the Godfather. Yeah. yeah, he he and he's like you know he's the actual organized crime guy, right? And he's just using the dumb Patsy, um, you know, who's who is Owen Wilson. Uh, anyway, so like Owen Owen Wilson's character creates this. Uh, what's his name? It's like Dignan. Yeah, Dignan is his name in the in the movie. So Dignan creates this um, this like 
front. You know, Dale, you got 15 seconds to you got 15 and, seconds um, to get through. And it's a it's a landscaping company, but it's called the Lawn Wranglers. That's pretty good. Oh, I like it. You, you yeah. know, what my favorite uh, like, the, like the Lone my Rangers. favorite uh, fireworks themed movie title is it's a uh, $58 fireworks tank that you light on fire and it doesn't work right. Mm. Com. Cool. I like that one. Too. The best movie. I like the little like ash, the, like the little pellet that you can hit with a, a lighter and it turns into a snake of ash. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. That's... I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Huh? And they also... would leave like marks on your driveway that would last forever. Uh-huh. All, or the little, the little bitty sachets of gunpowder that you throw down and they explode. Oh yeah. Those yeah. Oh, the poppets. Yep. Yeah. Those are great. Throw them at your, throw them at your brother, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. That's all brothers do. With those. <laughs> we don't get those anymore. Apparently. <laughs> There's an inside joke there, but, uh, yeah. Well, everyone, thanks for that mm-hmm. intro. That was great. I, um, feel like we do, I feel like we do a good job every single time with it. And you know, you're not wrong. You're not right, but you're true not True professionals. <laughs> well, in true professional fashion, I've prepared the news. Oh, it's going to uh, be good this time. And it's pretty, it's pretty good. I'm not going to lie. Um, but we're going to start it out here with the fact that Evo has been canceled. Yeah, when you said uh, it's we, pretty we good, planning, it's pretty bad. We were planning our Evo Super Bowl party. Uh, I was legit gonna do that. Jeremy. I no, I for for real. I was getting out <laughs> my recipes. I had my I had my uh, my Overwatch cookbook, and I was marking down all the pages for the different uh, Winston themed recipes, peanut butter recipes, or whatever. Yeah. So apparently, the CEO of uh, Evo, whose name is Joey Queller, uh, he has been accused of sexual abuse. And so they canceled Evo over it. Yeah. Because that's what you do. Well, um, I think it started out where some of the big tentpole games sort of withdrew, and they're like, yeah, we don't really want to have anything to do with that. And then once you have no games, you kind of have no event, is sort of yeah. how it went. Right. And yeah. it, but it, came, it came from him being a guy, being the dude, doing the thing. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that happened. Um, he came out and apologized to everybody. Uh... He says that he's sorry, never meant to hurt anybody, blah, 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 blah. I was young and reckless. Listen, no offense to people named Joey, but uh, if your name's Joey, you know, you got to be extra careful. Yeah, that's true. In other news, uh, Ubisoft executive uh, Maxime Belland has also resigned. He's the VP, was a VP in, uh, of, of Ubisoft. Uh, resigned from his position on the company's editorial team uh, following accusations of assault and sexual harassment as well. Darn. So, well, might, might as well kick off this news segment with two stories of sexual harassment and abuse. Listen, exactly. you, you know how you know how you say that in French, harassment sexual. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, in, in Japanese, it's just uh, sekuhara. Yeah, they, they. You know, I gotta hand it to the Japanese; they can abbreviate anything. Yeah, it works. <laughs> so anyway, I don't really want to talk too much more about that, but. Uh, there's lots of shit going down apparently over the last little while, and uh, Ubisoft has been affected as of late, and Evo's been canceled, and other things have happened. And it's kind of bad timing for everybody because they all have these big things going on. Like Evo was going to happen, and Ubisoft has a new Assassin's Creed game that's coming out, they've and got I... a, they've got an event coming up in the next couple weeks, right? Yeah, yep. So, uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> this guy actually went to. Uh, was it working for Epic Games earlier this year, and then early this year is when he actually moved on to work for Ubisoft. So hmm. they, they picked up a good guy there uh, from Epic, and Epic was able to to drop a guy that they maybe didn't need. Yeah, um, he got the, to work the part quick. That, the part that's a little a little crazy is it seems like 
for some reason it's just coming up a lot lately. I don't know why. Why? Why, Jeremy? Uh, I think because once someone has the... It's like a dam bursting. Yeah, once somebody has the wherewithal to out that or to make it public, uh, it sort of emboldens other people who have not been uh, previously inclined to do so. It gives them a little bit of a little bit of oomph, I guess, to, to do the same. And so what it essentially means is that we have people out there who are sort of bearing the burden of that, and uh, and, and I think that's unfortunate. And so I think it is right. And, and I know that EA had issued a statement internally, which was kind of circulating around the news circuit that said, you know, if, if you... And, you know, it's from a corporate standpoint, people are a huge liability. <laughs> you know, I mean, you just you just can't control what people are going to do. So uh, EA uh, trying to get out ahead of whatever was going to show up. It affects the, the company so much when it's just right. one person. You know, that, that that's what I mean is like people people screw up and people make mistakes. But why does it have to affect? I, I understand with Evo, maybe because he's the CEO. He's like the founder of Evo and like runs the thing. So I get that. But with someone like Ubisoft, like why does it have to just why is it a drag on Ubisoft? Like they didn't, they didn't do anything. They hired uh, the wrong guy, I guess. I, I think partly, partly because uh, I think the the optics of it, the perception that your workplace is hazardous, hazardous to some people at the expense of others. Um, I, I think that has something to do with it. And in, in some sense, a company and its HR department have a responsibility. And it's it's not new. I mean, the idea of sure. um, you know, sensitivity training and um, which I do every year. Yeah, those <laughs> kinds of things. I mean, it's not new. People do you really, really do it, or do you just like play the video and work on something else until until it's over? No, I actually had to yeah, go down for an hour with HR and a bunch of other people that were leaders yeah. in the company and talk about stuff. So, so that's kind of the thing. Is in the interest of. But I mean, that, but the thing is, though, is that if you want to say that, like, well, good on Ubisoft for getting rid of this guy and you know yeah. making it a better place. Like that's absolutely. You, you never know. Like, and you and you didn't know obviously when they hired him, or else they wouldn't have hired him. And yeah. Well, and I mean that's the same thing. I with, feel bad for when stuff like this happens. That, that's the whole that's the whole premise of the Minority Report, right? Like if you could know in advance, you know, what, what would you do? Uh, exactly. But uh, yeah, I think that I don't I don't think that anybody is necessarily um, blaming Ubisoft as a company for the actions of an individual, but like I said, it is incumbent on them to take some kind of action and to investigate further, which they've said that they will do. Uh, as far as Evo goes, um, they're basically going to be reshuffling their management. Uh, the event itself this year, unfortunately, they're, you know, again, if you're an outside person you're, or an outside company specifically or, or an IP holder like uh, Capcom or whoever, uh, you know, you probably just want to distance yourself from that. You probably just don't want a piece of that o overall, right? What a weird time in general. I mean, this is like just another thing to tack on to how this whole year has been, right? Like, nothing good has happened this year. What good has happened this year? Uh, all kinds of good things. Aside uh, from Doom Eternal and uh, coming out this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, if you want to talk about things that are good, uh, as far as video games go, lots of good releases have come out this year. How about uh, that brisket last night, Jeremy? Was that, that was good? excellent. That Actually, good. the ribs were real good too. Um, you know, uh, some some good quarantine time under certain circumstances means that you have an opportunity to focus on things that are a little bit more important than the stuff oh, that yeah. you've got caught up in before. So many miniatures. Uh, during the quarantine. There you go. Pretty some, cool. some good opportunities there. And, uh, nice, nice. you know, an opportunity to just kind of uh, reflect and to uh, express a little bit of care and concern for, for others, I think, is uh, something that's, that's coming out of all this. Sounds good. Uh, in other great news, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is coming out to PC on August 7th. This is awesome because this was a Sony exclusive. This is what's interesting about this whole, this whole thing, which may potentially pave the way for other Sony exclusives uh, maybe to come out on PC, 
maybe? I don't know. I mean, it seems like this one is carefully calculated cool. to be this, right? Like, it's not, you know, it's not your uh, Ratchet and Clank. You know, it's not one of those, like, extreme first-party things. It's not Console even Spider-Man. casual game. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but Horizon Zero Dawn is sort of like, I mean, it very well received, excellent game, but as far as an intellectual property, it's sort of, I would say it's a very safe one to, to put on to PC. Like, it's not Sony necessarily committing their biggest, best, firstest, partiest stuff. I don't know about that. It's probably it's Wait, pretty so awesome. Why, what would, like, say they did God of War, like, would that not be safe? I, I, not, I, th I think if you are Sony and you're trying to, I mean, we've sort of joked about this before, if you're trying to de-platform yourself a little bit, if you're trying to look at the long game to say, yeah, you know, we, we want to get into testing, you, you don't go in with your biggest stuff and watch it flop, right? You put in something that's like your second tier like and kind of say, hey, here's, yeah, exactly, here's a good starting point. Is it well received? Yes, it is. Hey, let's maybe try another one of those. Is that well received? Can this be a success? So is PC is actually a place that we can put our work? Okay, let's try The Last of Us or, you know, something. You're saying this is the thin end of the wedge. Right. Yes. It's the spear yep, yep. tip. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Horizon Zero Dawn is a pretty big deal. Oh, it's a, it's a big deal. I'm just saying it's not the same thing as taking, you know... What's the release date? Uncharted for? or something oh, it's like, like that. August, 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 August 7th. Here it is right here. <laughs> we'll be on 7th. Steam and Epic. The cool, the funny part about these remaster re-releases is there's a PC trailer. It's like, yo, this is like the same game. Yeah, but it's actually better now show. because... It's yeah, they're, they're doing some engine improvements and stuff. I mean, the, sure, it, they're but, definitely making it a PC-ish. PC yeah. You can play it with office anyways. equipment. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants that. Uh, let's see. Also, there's been rumors swirling around that the next generation of games coming out this fall in November with the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, that the games will be seeing a price hike. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a, a listing that came up on... God, where was it? Somewhere on here. Uh, Amazon or somewhere? But it was for like yeah, NCAA, something right? like that. For the NBA 2K game, they actually NBA. had it listed. The PS5 version was listed at $70, sixty nine ninety nine. And the other versions were listed at fifty nine ninety nine. I won't um, pay a cent more than zero point zero one dollars for NBA two K. But what if a game that you did care about came out for seventy dollars? Is that the new normal? Is are we okay with the new normal of seventy dollars? Sure, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. What does yeah. the consumer say? I mean, I think I, I mean I think you've really hit on it. If it's worth it to you, you'll pay it. If it's not, you won't. Um, right. And I think that objectively, I think the case has been very well made over the last several years that we've we've maintained for three console generations, maybe two, two at least, two, uh, two a, yeah. more or less a subsidized or artificially low. Uh, but also, price there's plenty of subsidized, really good games subsidized. That come Let's out talk about at fifteen dollars. Yeah. Prior to this generation, DLC was. I mean, DLC started last generation with horse armor, right? Yeah, and this year every single game had DLC, microtransactions, season passes, battle passes—you name it—to uh, subsidize that cost. So, say they come out with a seventy-dollar price tag, are they still going to be able to just put all that stuff on? I know they will. Oh, absolutely, they'll still charge you know, for that. How do we feel about that? Yeah, I mean, part of the part it's of like this... the game has not like games cost sixty dollars. You usually somebody who buys into a game will buy into a game and pay more than sixty bucks. Yeah, that's that's probably true, and I think part of it is just the volume of how many are you selling also, through. You can just wait a month and it'll be half price, you know, and then and then you can get it and the, all the DLC stuff for what would have been normal cover price going in. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and I think yeah. that's part of what could be perceived as as the problem. If there's a problem here, that was, that's probably part of it, is that the, the relative value of video games is low, right? So you can put any price point you want on it, but after several months, it'll be on a sale for, I mean, literally in half a year, it'll be half off. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. Which I think from a business standpoint, if any given product that you made devalued itself by 50% in the course of a year or less, that's that's a problem. But what if you're a baker? <laughs> that's a great question. Then then yes, you make a six, then you make a baker's months, dozen. Your donuts. What if you're What if you run a price. newspaper? <laughs> shut up. Never mind. Yeah, Dale. Yeah, yeah, Dale, shut up. Listen to Dale and shut up. Uh, but 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 I think that um, you know, and people always point out things like SNES games, and there were some that were the, back then seventy dollars or more. I had to beg um, my dad to go and buy a Final Fantasy three for. I even gave him a kiss on the cheek to like guilt him whoa. into it. How about that? That never works for me. Dad, you'll be my favorite dad. <laughs> Best dad in the world. I'll I'll go visit you on the compound in <laughs> wherever you are, Louisiana. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think uh, if if this comes to pass because it may not they may they may back off on it but um the cost of development is only going higher inflation like just the actual time value of money over the course of two decades or whatever plays into this i believe it i, I think that it'll happen whether it's time for 70 dollars games i, I think it, it might be dis- despite all our best intentions yeah what about because there are some people that say well we've had 70 and 80 dollar games for years and they're referring to you know like the limited editions that come out with like the statue of Ezio or or whatever do you think that holds any water, or are we still going to no. see those, and now they'll be 100 bucks and more? Yeah, I think it's yep. different. I think your standard edition, the thing that gets circulated at Walmart or whatever, I mean, that's different than saying, well, there's a limited edition that's $179. Well, we could we could have video games the size $180 with a cat helmet. No, I don't think so. I don't no. think so. But yeah, cat I, helmet for everyone. Yeah, if everyone. Maybe they only sell it with a cat helmet, and they only sell a hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, the, <laughs> infinite. Then what? Video games becomes like a deluxe uh, luxury <laughs> proposition. Yeah, actually, it is kind of a luxury. There's the thing. Hundred percent is a luxury. Video games is a luxury <laughs> kind of proposition. Luxury. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, just think. Next time you're sitting there playing a video game, and you're kind of like down in the in the dumps about your life or whatever, you are actually. <laughs> it's like the equivalent of driving a Mercedes. You know, sitting oh, yeah. there on your couch the playing a video right? game. You're, you're living better life. than Pharaohs. I mean, you can go no, to your absolutely. super. You can walk to your supermarket Pharaoh's down games the way. Sucked. Yeah, I mean they they only had they only had four bits back then in the. They had Egyptian like a twenty sided die at the most. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. Quit your quit your complaining. It was everything was in two D. They didn't have polygons. You can tell just by looking at the they <laughs> right. wrote on the walls. It was all it was all like Paper Mario, right? Yeah. <laughs> No perspective. Pharaohs. Give me a break. Speaking of giving me a break, Fortnite is uh, finally coming out of early access, guys. Now Give that they've made break. about $8 bajillion, um, they're coming out of early access. And uh, that means that the uh, Battle Royale mode is going to be out of early you access. Know, I, the Save the World mode is out of early access. I, I got a chance to play this game a little bit before release. And um, I, think it's, I think people are going to like it. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's going to come out and be a, a successful game for Epic. So I hope that the the news travels, that it's actually fun to play for some people, and a lot of people pick it up. I think they will. I was looking over their blog post for this and trying to figure out what was the what was the moment that, you know, when they're like, okay, 
okay, we finally finished. You know, we finally. Yeah, exactly. Like Marshmallow, you know, is finished, complete, feature complete, (laughs) and we're now. I I actually couldn't figure out like what is actually prompting them at this time to decide. Save the world mode is now done, quote unquote. That's what's prompting this. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, So so the only other thing is on the sequel. Yeah, Fortnite. It's uh, five. Call that like twenty. 28 days later. Here's the crazy part about this whole thing is that Fortnite Battle Royale and Fortnite Save the World will no longer share the cosmetic items that you can get between the two games. That's weird. Isn't that weird? I I don't really understand this. I bet those those seven people that play Save the World mode are going to be super pissed. My son got way into it for a while. He played it for a long, long time. I, I can so tell I you know. that I've honestly, I've honestly played Save the World mode at least as much as I've played the, you know, Fortnite regular. So have I. Not me. Royale. I've played the Battle Royale mode an infinity percent more. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so there you go. So guys, so go pick out Fortnite when it comes out of early access. Um, yeah. I think it's in open beta right now. So if you do want to check it out early, I know that there's still some bugs, but you know, pick it up. They're doing a good job over there. I'm sure they'll support it. Uh, Fallout. Guys, that whole that whole series by Bethesda, they're getting a TV series uh, being produced by Amazon <laughs> for Amazon Prime. Oh, that's the series with the old timey music. Yeah, Fallout. Yeah, yeah, the one with. Uh, I don't. I don't know what else. I don't know anything more about the series, but it's got that old timey music. Do you think they're going to go? Because Fortnite, uh, Fortnite, uh, Fallout uh, <laughs> has sort of a. Um, kind of a tongue-in-cheek element to it do you think they're going to play it serious do you think they're going to play it straight or do you think they're going to go right is how deep into the fallout whack do they go well it's it's apparently coming from the people behind westworld so like which would lead you to believe that's more got a more serious yeah exactly that's what you would think so i don't know but but there are there like um what was the the amazon did a version of the tick and yeah. it, it kind of did both. Like, I don't know if you saw that, but the, the, it wasn't like the cartoon. It wasn't like all kind of goofy. It was like they would melt people and stuff, but it was still kind of a comedy. So um, like Robocop or something? S- well, something. I, 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 hopefully they can pull that off with Fallout because that's kind of what it needs, right? It, the, yeah. The signature mm-hmm. Fallout feel is a little lighthearted, but also a little serious and a little messed yeah. up, right? Like mm-hmm. all at the same time. Yep. So anyway, so that's coming out. Um, who knows when that's going to come out, but watch for it on your Amazon Prime you video know, the, streaming service. I, I, it occurs to me that um, the the whole like Fallout um, tongue-in-cheek sort of shtick or whatever, I think that all began with the second game, actually. Because there's... I'm trying to think back to the to all the stuff of the first game, which I, I played through a couple of times, right? So I, I think I know it fairly decently well. And it's pretty grim in its presentation and it's also pretty mm, i mean it's it's sort of serious it doesn't it doesn't do the wake of the camera stuff but in fallout 2 they started to really have a bunch of like weird pop culture references and stuff like that um i guess what you can you can sort of make a case that the um like the weird like retro futuristic thing was always in there um I think part of it would have to come from when you start adding like voice acting and stuff, right? When you can start having the delivery of yeah. of things and and a little more because yeah. you know with, with the Fallout and Fallout Two, it was mostly an isometric thing with text, and you'd sort of have to extract humor from that. And you know, it, it yeah. could be funny, but, but when you had the talking yeah. heads, you would get voice. Um, yeah, but but yeah. Well, anyway, it's 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 been part of the series. It's for just quite I, a while, I think so that the way that series has um, evolved is just kind of interesting, especially after. Uh, you know, because between two and three, it was 
there was like a long time lag and then the rights went to Bethesda and it's been sort of different since then. And then even pinging back and forth with like New Vegas, right? Here's the twist. This TV show is going to be based on Fallout Tactics only. <laughs> That'd be cool. good. That's the one I haven't actually played, actually. Of all of them. Exactly. The Nobody's one, played That's it. the one I haven't played. They're just going to say it's very faithful to the source material and everybody will shrug. Yeah. Okay. No, I can I can call their bluff on that because I have a, two copies of that game. So. <laughs> Investigative journalism at its finest. Uh-huh. I'm going to play Fallout Tactics. Well, if you want to check out the latest of Fallout, Fallout itself, Fallout 76 is coming to Game Pass, so I'm going to be checking that out. Why I'm going to have three copies well. of that game. I can tell you why not. It makes me so mad, that game. Jeremy, you get mad at mm. the weirdest things. Mm. That's okay, though. Uh, speaking of things to get mad at, I don't know why it was just... That's I, actually, no, keep, keep going. Run with it. I'll, I'll pick it up. Okay, Paradox, that game, these guys make the grand strategy games. Heck yeah. yeah. Paradox. Makes me so mad. They bought a mobile developer called Play Iron Games because they want to bring their stuff to mobile. What have what have they made in the past? Play Iron Games. Uh, they made up. a game. One game. <laughs> Airlines Manager. That's the one. Yep, never played it. Yeah. Nope. So here's the thing that makes me mad about this. I was so excited for Stellaris on mobile, and it ended up being basically <laughs> like a mobile game and not like a Stellaris game. Um, so what, I, what I'm hopeful for, what I want from this, and I've talked about this many times before, is I want some big boy strategy games on a mobile platform. Can't you already do that what, with your NVIDIA Shield and whatnot? Yeah, but still then I have to like kind of hook it up and like if I won't play with a controller, like it doesn't really support touch the same way that a native mobile, you know, like I, I'd love to just play... You know, like... Civilization's um, on the iPad. It's been on the iPad for decades. Cities Skylines or something, right? And just, like, have a native touch control and, and just have it work right. But I think what's going to end up happen happening here is that uh, Paradox is probably just going to have this company skin their, you know, standard mobile schlock with Paradox IPs. I've got a question IPs. for you. Do you remember... And, Jeremy, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you do. Uh, so you remember John Davison from the Ziff Davis era oh, yeah. of EGM sure. and all that stuff? He, one of his big things was like, oh, this these phone games, these mobile games, you know, pretty soon they're going to be like real big boy games and that's all anybody's ever going to be playing. And it, mm-hmm. to me, like a decade or more on now, it doesn't really look like that's the case, at least not to the maybe the extent that he envisioned it. But what I'm, what I'm wondering, yeah. I'm pitching to you guys. Do you think people do podcasts about just mobile games where like games that can be played with through a touch interface on a tablet or a phone I, only. Probably. I think they could, but I think that that is a, probably a depressing proposition before too long. Well, well, listen, the, the history of the game by show is such that Jeremy originally wanted to make this show about Facebook games. I think, yeah, I thought for sure there was going to be something there. Yeah. <laughs> and I did it exactly once. I remember there was one episode where I did, what, what you know, just and, like, and, and you know, I, he said, well, we, we can just talk about the games around Facebook. And I said to Jeremy, I said, I don't want to play games on Facebook. <laughs> And, and there were some good games. Here we on. are. So here's Five the thing. Actually, later. that's that's a great reference because Dale. I think what happened if you if you look back at the games that people like John Davison were excited about back then. I mean, stuff like Rolando and stuff like uh, I mean, stuff that they covered on the One Up Show, for example. Um, I would say I would argue that we had better, more exciting big boy mobile games back then, and that it has steadily mm. declined. I since agree. Then. You might be surprised to hear it, but I, I think you're actually right. There, because yeah, back then they were still exploring Apple the Arcade. space. Apple Arcade's got lots of big boy games. 
Uh, yeah, but I don't think I think that typically what what gets the press and the airtime and the attention are the you know Clash Royale uh, or the you know build your city you know the fi- we played Final Fantasy fifteen for a hot month but right you're, and then you're it's saying like, that but the games are still on there are big boy games on mobile and that's what Apple's trying to do is bring the less of the pay to win and more of the premium experiences that's what the whole idea with Apple Arcade is. Well, what I'm what I'm concerned about here is here we have an example of a big boy game publisher who is ostensibly going to bring big boy games to a mobile platform, and my supposition is that they will in fact not do that. Uh, and I think that's more like it. I think that you'll have you know you'll have things like your Sayonara Wild Hearts or your uh, you know whatever those kinds so of things. Have you played um, like say the Baldur's Gate sort of um, the ones that adapted for uh, you know? tablets yes. and stuff like i have and yep uh yeah so i i actually played through quite a bit of of baldur's gate on that ios version and it was it was good it worked well um yeah there are a few but i guess what what i'm kind of curious about is um the games that i think are most successful on those platforms are the ones that are built solely for those platforms right from from scratch and you would think maybe that would only encompass like the user interface and stuff or like you know the the control method the swiping and tapping and all that and but but I, yeah. I think reality has shown us that it actually tangles up the business model into more than more than any other sort of medium the business model is wrapped up in the design philosophies of games that come out on Tablets. Yes. And in, in fact, here's something that hasn't been in our news either last week or this week and probably should have been, but Nintendo is essentially exiting um, mobile game development. Oh, really? No more and, and Super Mario runs? and Yeah, they, they're, they're disappointed with the performance of it. And somebody could look at that stuff and say, oh, well, look, you made bad mobile games. I would say they made a pretty I good, especially Super at the Mario beginning. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they did a few. I mean, even, even stuff like Fire Emblem we Heroes, totally... I think. Yeah, uh, Mario Kart, I would say, is a, a pretty great adaptation of Mario Kart for, for what it is, and they eventually rolled out multiplayer mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but the, it, you just don't get the same kind of um, m- money, I guess, if you make those kinds of games on, I, I also think you don't get Nintendo, unless it's... And, uh, honestly, unless they're working on their own system you know if they're doing like to the metal or whatever you know in in that sense but on their own on their own platform it's not really nintendo you know what i'm saying yeah so i don't think paradox is going to be bringing you know europa universalis in its true you know final form to iphone i'm afraid which is kind of really what i would rather see there's no reason they couldn't because you can control that game 100 percent with a mouse Look, that's yeah. what I'm telling you. Like, you could go back and pull no, Jeremy, great I'm games from, totally from the 90s. It would be totally no, fine. jail. Mm, mm, mm. No. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, we're still not seeing the back catalog of great games from, you know, our teenage years. And techno- technologically, why not? <laughs> and it's because yeah. it's because mobile, I guess. Because there's no money. Yeah. Unless you do the, like, typical freemium model of, like, alternate yeah, currencies. Yeah, that's why they, and they adapt everything. Yada, yada, yada. Command and Conquer and whatever. Like, they brought it there, but they don't bring Command and Conquer the way you knew it. They yeah. bring the new mobilized Oh, hey, can I get a quick update uh, that's related to this, this topic? Um, Legends of Runeterra? After seven days, the rewards ran out, and now I'm like, Uh-oh. I'm not going to play this anymore. <laughs> There's no more rewards. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, that's did, it. Did you finish all of those little uh, trials or whatever? Did you I, I did most of the trials. There's like, say, there's like 15 of them. I probably there's did 11 them, or yeah. 12. 
Um, and those are fun, and it's a fun game. But what it came down to was like I'm also playing the like the Horus Heresy one of these, and I was like I kind of like that theme more, and I can play both of them daily and get you know daily rewards and all, all that and stuff. Uh, but then the Rune Terra yeah. one, like I wasn't getting daily rewards anymore. I was like, what was this crap? <laughs> yeah, they're not gonna give you what you want. Yeah. They, Uninstall. They did not get him anymore. Yeah, like, nope. you're not gonna get me. He's done getting got. So uh, it's just interesting. Speaking of speaking of got and got. Remember that game Crucible that came out? The Amazon oh, it got got. It got it got. got, got. Uh, they have delisted that game. Uh, they've relegated it to closed beta again. And, um, yeah, they're going to be reworking it to see if they can make it a thing, I guess. But Back to formula? You know what yeah, they should have probably I... done with this game before they put it out, before they released it, is they could have put it in some it sort of like little proving chamber, you know? at which time they could apply some sort of heat or pressure or something to sort of harden burn it burn out the impurities uh, yeah you know and and then maybe they could have come out with something that was better i mean i don't know what would have given them the indication that they could do such a yeah. thing um they would never some sort of crucible maybe anyway good riddance i suppose hopefully it comes back and it's fine the problem is that game is a small fish in a big pond. Uh, it's, like that game that. is witchcraft in uh, Salem in the 1700s. Um, <laughs> that is that is a great play, by the way. It's basically it. It's a good movie, and too. And finally, guys, Minecraft. Yes, the same Minecraft that sees millions of people playing all the time. Uh, it's getting its own cereal, its own breakfast cereal uh, that will include codes for in-game you have to go to the store and punch the clerk a bunch of times to, <laughs> to get. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna use I'm gonna use the individual cereal bits to recreate yeah. Disneyland from like one to one scale. Yeah, so this cereal is called My Minecraft Creeper Crunch, and it looks like a marshmallow like Lucky Charm style cereal. Explosions so. of flavor. It is made by Kellogg's, so there you go. What do you think that means to like parents or you know people who don't? Yeah, I know. Like they have no idea what. <laughs> what Jeffrey Epstein's talking? favorite. Like, what is this? Oh, no. Creeper Crunch. You know what? The new spokesperson, Jared from Subway, is going to be <laughs> hawking some Creeper Crunch. Oh um, man! Uh, it says right here. Fresh. Kellogg's Pulse. Minecraft Creeper Crunch cereal. <laughs> so a tasty cinnamon flavored cereal featured green square shaped creeper bit marshmallows. There you go. That's it. <laughs> so get it while it's hot. It's coming out for a limited time. What would the August. what would the mascot say in, for for these cereals? Okay. Well, I don't know. Instead of like I dig them, you, you know, be like crunchy marshmallows. I don't know. Man. That's not very By good. the way, mar marsh marshmallows in cereal are bad. Yeah. I think they're okay. What does the Lucky Charms guy say? They're, They're always after me, Lucky Charms. Oh, yeah. yeah, that, yeah there you go. My, my <laughs> They're great. <laughs> uh, that's, all the, that's all the news I got, guys. Well done. Thanks, well man. done, the Grand. Well, I'll go ahead and pick up the uh, new releases, which, uh, you know, brought to us by Tech Dash Gaming. I didn't look at these at all, so I hope one of you guys uh, looked I did, at what's and there's coming Jack up. On there, so. oh, oh, great. Okay. Well, uh, the uh, first one that's on here is the Iron Man uh, VR uh, thing, and um, I guess... It's a good one. You can get that 
on your PlayStation VR. I don't know if that's coming to PC. It's $39.99, which is good. You know, $20 off the, you know, the normal price, uh, which is another thing about that whole $70 price point. It's not to say that you couldn't get games that are coming out for, for less anyway, but uh, there is also a demo for that. I downloaded it several weeks ago, have not played it, but I hear, you know, I hear it's okay. Like you use your propulsion with your hands, which I think is kind of cool. This game is published um, by Sony, so it's probably be, it's probably to push PSVRs for the time being. Yeah, it could be it. And then we have a uh, re-release of Catherine on the Switch. It's the Catherine full body version. Uh, That's one where there's a third out. girl, right? But her name's not Catherine. It's like something Karen else. Karen or something. What? Is that true? Yeah, no, absolutely. There's a third girl, and she's got a different name. Oh, that's dumb. I mean, I guess it's okay. I don't know. Whatever. It, but it breaks the whole, like, convention thing. Yeah. Uh, that's it for new releases. That's all that you need to worry about there. Uh, I'm, as far I, as... I'm looking over the list, and... I... You know, I think you're right. That's about it. There's like I wasn't I wasn't lying to you. I mean, NASCAR I did, Heat Five. I did go look, and there was nothing there. I'm, Zombies ruined my day. You can't play NASCAR Heat Five without playing the other four. Otherwise, you don't get the story. Yeah, Ghost maybe they grab turn, three. Maybe they turn right sometime, and you you know if you miss that twist. Um, freebies and deals and stuff like that. Uh, Xbox Game Pass now that it's July is adding some new stuff. It includes Soul Calibur Six, which is good. Uh, a new game to consoles, which actually was released in 2018, I think, called Cross Code, which is sort of a Secret of Mana-ish style uh, RPG. It actually looks really good. I'm excited to try that. Uh, Fallout 76 is going to be on there, so Legrand, there's your opportunity to try that out. Uh, and then, I guess, some other stuff. Uh, but things are also leaving. Blazing Chrome, which is a Contra-style side-scrolling kind of action game. Dead Rising 4, Metal Gear Solid 5 is going away. Time Spinner, ooh, which I'd probably better try before it gets off of there. That uh, game's okay. Really? I bought the soundtrack on vinyl record, so I need an excuse to play the game. Um, Unavowed, I don't know what that is. Okay. And then Undertale, uh, which I don't know, probably have an opportunity to play that just about anywhere else. But anyway, some of that stuff is going off, and that will be this week. So check those if out. If you haven't played Metal Gear Solid 5... And Bro, you can do it for do free do? for a short time remaining. Go ahead and do that. I kind of, I was going to play Metal Gear Solid 4 first. I'm actually not joking about you that. Didn't I'll, I'll eventually. One, did you? Well, I'm kind of at the end of it. Like, the, there's the general and he zaps people with electricity. He's mad. That's, I don't know. that's like three quarters through, I think, maybe. Yeah, I think I got to the base. There's Something's going on there. I don't know. Um, there's like four bases after that. Bit. Oh, man, there's so many bases in Metal Gear. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It's like Hideo Kojima's me when I'm eight. I'm like, there's an army base. <laughs> Uh, all right, and then uh, Overcooked 2 is getting some free summer DLC. That's out now if you're playing Overcooked. That's a pretty good game to play with friends while you're stuck in your house. If you, if you hate your friends and want to yell at them some more. Yeah, if you want to disown, disown your family for something else, play Overcooked yep. 2. Uh, and then here's something that I'm actually going to be trying out. I'll be talking about this on Wednesday, I think, is that on the Epic Game Store, there is a Dark Souls-alike kind of game that is in... Oh, uh, yeah. I, guess, I guess due to public demand, uh, Mortal Shell is the name of the game. And it is a free open beta that's available right now on the Epic Game Store. I've already what? downloaded it. Yeah. Um, so I guess if uh, if you've been waiting for, I don't know, what's what's the next thing that From Software is doing? I guess there's the Demon Souls remake Elden on PlayStation Ring. Five. Oh, Elden Ring. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know what that's going to be. But here's this out. You can play it out right. You can play it right now for free. Uh, check that out on the Epic Games Store. And then uh, just a reminder, the Steam Summer Sale is ending this week on July 9th. So if you, like me, have just kind of like, eh, blown the whole thing off, but maybe there's something on there that you're like, ooh, um, I don't know. Ask, I ask bought Dale. a new game on there this last week. Oh, yeah? oh, yeah? What's that? I bought Trine 4. Oh, cool. oh, I forgot there was even a Trine 4, to be honest. Yeah, and, and you know what I did? I started playing Trine 3. So there you <laughs> <Yeah>. go. <laughs> I uninst- I'm going to play Trine 4. I uninstalled Trine 2 for my PS4 this week. 
Dude, I love Shrine, Shrine was series, really good. Man. I never played the Shrine three because I guess people said it was bad, but it's not bad. It's actually pretty good. But I'm enjoying people, it at least. People talking about video games, you can't trust. I know, the thing they man. Say. They don't know. The worst. Who knows? Yeah. And that's all the uh, sale-y and money-spendy related stuff and freebie stuff for this all week. All right. Cool. Uh, well, I guess we have a topic. Um, this came up last week, and we had some good answers, so we thought we would present it again. Uh, and it's, um, you know, I actually, earlier in this episode, we were talking about game pricing and, and DLC and stuff. And uh, the, the nature of this topic is actually DLC. What's What's good? Yo? Yeah, or what has DLC. been good, like in your entire history of DLC. Because um, yeah. the DLC kind of gets maligned a lot, right? Like, oh, it's cosmetic. Oh, it's pay to Nickel win. You know, you diming. can't. Yeah, exactly. That's how they get you. Um, but, you know, let the first one of us who has never purchased DLC throw the first stone, cast the first stone. Uh, and, and there are DLCs that I've purchased and loved and actually didn't regret it at all. There's some that I did and hated it. Uh, there's small-scale DLC. Uh, there's there's big stuff. So the, the topic, the idea is kind of like notable DLC. There's stuff that you got and loved, stuff that you got and hated, stuff that was the most you spent, stuff that was the least you spent, and so on and so on. And uh, Dale, I, maybe you kick it off for us and tell us uh, some yeah, of your um, life in DLC. I'll say my favorites have been substantial additions to the base game. So uh, I can pretty quickly actually just say my, my top, you know, three or four, how, depending on how you look at it, would be uh, the DLC for Dishonored, um, the, specifically the first Dishonored game, uh, which is two sort of modules. Uh, one was called The Knife of Dunwall. And one was called the Brigmore Witches. And together they added, I think it was like seven new uh, levels to the game. And it added like, uh, you were playing a different character from the main character. And so it added a bunch of like story content and like kind of world building stuff too, which um, not only that, but it added a bunch of different like powers and things. It was, it was oh, like, wow. a, it was like a sequel to it the game. significant. Basically it was very significant and it was it was really incredible content. It was great stuff and a bunch of stuff that figured actually the story of Dishonored 2 is set up more by the DLC for the first game than the actual first game, wow. uh, which is interesting. Um, but that was well, that's really how they do it a lot of times. They probably stuff. didn't know that Dishonored was going to be good. <laughs> They're like, how yeah, do we tie not. this into a new game? And then they released DLC. For that it. could very well be the truth. And maybe that's why it was too modules because the so the first the first one of those was really kind of like additional information on the happenings of the first game and then the second one was like a lot of stuff that ended up setting up the second game so yeah i mean that maybe that's possible uh, the other one um or another one like this i should say um was uh, minerva's den which is a similarly uh you know secondary campaign to bioshock 2 I always wanted um, to play Minerva's Den, and I never, I never did. I was waiting for great. it to go on a sale, and I, and you know, there there have been complete editions that have come and gone, and I'm it like, I'm just now, waiting for. Uh, it is now available as a as a standalone expansion, whereas before, for years and years and years, it was like actually hard to get on PC because Bioshock Two was one of the games for Windows Live games that like wasn't on Steam for a really long time or something. Mm. There was some sort of thing. Yeah. Or like maybe it, it eventually showed up, but the DLC did not for a really long time. Anyway, mm. the Minerva's Den stuff was great. That was by um, the the team that would become uh, Fulbright. And then yeah, they went the on to home. do Gone Home and yeah, uh, Tacoma and whatever mm -hmm. else. Um, 
uh, but yeah, that was great also. And that was similar to the Dishonored stuff. It was like, you know, kind of a mini Bioshock 2 game. So it was probably like the equivalent of, I don't know, three or four missions, levels from the main game. Hmm. Uh, but it had its own cool and interesting and separate little like Bioshock story. Um, the last one of these that I'll single out is just basically, it's kind of the the model that a lot of strategy games go with, which is like the expanded campaign or like the second version of the campaign or it's like the same base game but with more missions and more stuff and so so um xcom enemy within which is the expansion campaign for for um enemy unknown yeah uh that added uh i mean it takes the same core game but then it adds like a couple of new character classes and like different things to explore with that but then also like the mechanical adds, dudes and then like the yeah, psychic people. yeah the psychic uh-huh. stuff it adds stuff on the um alien side of the equation as well um and i actually so i played through the game i made sure that i played through the game enough that i completed a campaign of the base game and the expansion mm. um and really really enjoyed it so mm. i think that model of dlc is probably my favorite so um, how much so since that's sort of your like best experiences how much had you been willing to pay for that sort of thing like is it a ten dollar limit these, or what's the all of these are the type of thing. Well, so the XCOM one is that's like your like old school style X pack. So like when that first came out, it was probably thirty bucks by itself or whatever. Uh, but the other ones are like the ty- the kind of thing that come out at you know seven or eight or ten bucks. You know, right? Um, and I- I'm fine with with shelling out that much. You know that that sort of thing for, especially for the quality of content that you, that I've gotten in in these ones. There have, however, been DLCs that I got or that I played four other games that I didn't really think were that great, that it was very clear that like a B team had been working on, you know, mm. um, sometimes you see those in like Assassin's Creed games. Sometimes you see them with like uh, Deus Ex, the, uh, oh, yeah. the missing link or whatever it was called, uh, yeah. which wasn't a bad little mission. And eventually no. in like the director's cut, it gets folded into the main game. Same yeah. way as Assassin's Creed two, the, like the two DLC chapters. Yeah. I was trying to the battle of something and they're like something in the middle of the game. If you actually play through it with the stuff yeah. installed, um, yeah, it's just it's it's it is very hit or miss, just like games themselves. But hmm. I don't know. What about you guys? I would say that actually, just kind of piggybacking off of piggybacking off of the kind of idea that you talked about, where they they do like some cool, uh, you know, additions to the main campaign and and maybe change it up a little bit. The one that comes to my mind, I don't know that it's necessarily the best DLC that I ever bought, but the one that I think of more than probably any other add-on is the add-on for the Enslaved odyssey uh, or odyssey to the west or journey of the west um there was just one little add-on campaign called pigsy's perfect 10 which i played this which i was way (laughs) different from so it it used a side character who was kind of like the you know monkey had this old associate and they you know would kind of be you know these junk scavengers together or whatever and pigsy's like this weird dirty like kind of scummy dude and he's basically building essentially a, a hot robot for himself. Um, and so it's all about him going to scavenge the parts for this hot robot lady that he wants to build for himself. And whereas Monkey in the main game is like this bruiser, he's got that staff that he just like beats people up with, a lot of traversal. Pigsy is this dumpy, like can barely jump around, uh, but he's got a sniper rifle and this hookshot thing. 
and um and it's actually not only is it different mechanically but it actually has like this little touching story that's associated with it too and um and i don't know why but this is i think this is the one that i think of the most when i think of like yeah that was i'm really glad that i that i got that and it wasn't super expensive or anything i mean it was like 10 or 12 bucks um but i but and part of it might be that i was just predisposed to like the game to begin with that game was amazing it was really good except except (laughs) for like the last two minutes <laughs> like the last two minutes of that game were they were awful but generally speaking oh well, uh, yeah <laughs> really 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 the really ending. good game yeah just like yeah. The, just like the last cut scene it's like what what what's going on um yeah. and then there are a few that uh were i, I have a couple here that are kind of noteworthy just because you don't really categorize them but just kind of some interesting little anecdotes um killzone mercenary which was the killzone game that was on the vita had a uh, i think a two dollar and 99 cent mode that would enable bot play you know just multiplayer against the ai which for most people would be like ah that should be included with the base game and you know what yes it probably should have but i was so happy to pay that three dollars i was like i was like genuinely <laughs> happy that it was a mode that i could that i could actually get whereas Did before you ever play that it wasn't Killzone game on on the psp the psp yeah Killzone liberation which liberation yeah, frustrated the crap out of me it made me so mad but it was actually really well done <laughs> Um, so bot zone, bot mode on Killzone Mercenary was, uh, was real good. But then I have a, a few where I, I think f- other than this, um, most of my spend, I think, is in drips and drabs for certain games. So, uh, one of them is in, in fact, it's, it's weird that we made the Dissidia joke earlier because <laughs> one of them is the Dissidia, which is the Final Fantasy fighting game, kind of the cross sequel, um, you know, holistic Final Fantasy fighting game. Uh, the thing about it was that they have such a stable of, of music actually was the thing that got me they have some character skins and, and things like that which i was like tempted but for a dollar 99 you could get packs of i think it was three different songs or remixed songs of different final fantasy games that you could just plug in as background music for this fighting game and they got me big with that one i bet i spent 20 i, I bet it was 20 or 21 dollars or something i mean it was something along those lines and i just threw them all in my cart one day and i was like i just bit my bit my tongue and just did it um, and actually the funny thing is I've kept those in the little, it was on the PSP. And so I had to sideload them through my PS3 to get them on there. So I actually had this whole, all those little capsule things on my cross media bar from the Dissidia, uh, duodecim music backgrounds. But similarly, um, you know, who gets me a lot in terms of getting got is, um, harmonics. I spend a ton mm. of money on rock band, on rock band tracks. Yeah. I, uh, I spend a lot on that as well. I spent no money on Rock Band or Guitar Hero anything. Really? Wow. So the thing for me is that, you know, it's kind of an excuse for me because I can show, you know, I would show my family and be like, hey, who likes, you know, I don't know, uh, who, who likes Santana or whatever? Who likes that, you know, that uh, that that song by Matchbox 20 or, or, or whatever? And it'd be like, oh, I do, I do. And then I'd be like, all right, well, then let's just spend eight bucks on, you know, Family Night or whatever and just play Rock Band together. And so it turns out that I, I've probably spent... I mean, probably more than $100 overall on, on DLC for, you know, Rock Band 3 or Rock Band 4. Or similarly with SingStar, that was another one where uh, I started to kind of dip my toe in. And, and at first it was like really, you know, <laughs> I don't know, really offensive. Like, I don't want to spend 99 cents. Uh, but eventually you acclimate to it and you get used to it. Um, and, and then uh, I have a couple of items here. My, my most expensive DLC, which was probably the Burnout Paradise Big Surf Island. Uh, which I think that one was 20, I want to say, when it 
when mm. it came out and it wasn't that good it added like this roadster and then like a little a little island that would kind of appear off the the coast of paradise city but then the least expensive thing i ever bought was a set of glowing rims for my cars in motorstorm 2 and that was 25 cents and i think that was one of the first ones i ever did i think they got me with the 25 cent spend because i'm that's like a pretty early on game yeah i i, I was see. like sure 25 cents i'll just try it and hey sure <laughs> enough i got some glowing rims and they glowed LeGrand, how about you? What's What's been your history personally with DLC? Uh, well, I, I'm the type of guy that once I've played through the game, I usually don't come back to it hmm. for many good for many reasons. Yeah. It has to be something pretty special. And so a, a couple of things on my list happen to be uh, expansions or add-ons. They were expansions officially for a couple Battlefield games that I felt were really, really good. And basically all they did was extend the multiplayer content. The problem with these types of expansion packs back in the day is that they actually bifurcated the audience. Yeah. Like a lot of people don't get them and then you've got, you know, yeah. you and you. That happened to me a lot with Warhawk. Actually, that was another one that I spent some money on was those extra add-on campaigns. But with each subsequent one, you were playing with a smaller and smaller part. pool of people. Because these uh, expansion packs were were the best content of the game had to offer. Like, uh, yeah. So two that come to mind that I, I bring up is Battlefield 2 Special Forces. I built my PC... Uh, my first PC I ever built was for the Battlefield series, and this is like post like Legrand has money and can spend, <laughs> spend his own money on stuff. Like we had a PC growing up or whatever with yeah. you know, stupid games. But my first own my personal own PC was built for Battlefield, and Battlefield Two came out probably the year after I built my computer the first time. And Special Forces was a mode that added on like grappling hooks and traversal items, zip lines, a ton of new maps, a bunch of new weapons. And uh, I, I played a lot of Battlefield, and um, I only played this mode because I wanted to have those extra things, and I liked the maps. And um, But again, you know, the, the same with the other item on here, which I mentioned is Bad Company 2. Battlefield Bad Company 2 had an expansion pack for Vietnam, and it was so much fun. It was like the best Battlefield thing hmm. ever. It was this Battlefield Bad Company 2 Vietnam expansion pack. I had but that. Again, That's really good. It really? was awesome, and, huh. and nobody had it, but I played it religiously, and there was times where I'd... Well, I'd bring up the server browser and it'd be like five servers <laughs> online and there I was and there would be people on their plane and I would play the hell out of huh. it because it was the best way to play Battlefield at that time. Uh, bad, way... bad Company 2 is I think still my favorite Battlefield. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing and I, I probably had the best experiences with my friends playing uh, multiplayer. How come they could never have that same like destructible environment tech from that game that was so cool? Oh, they still have it. It's just that game was way cool and then they went other routes with Battlefield. Yeah. Mm. Um, but th those were really awesome, and I, I wish I wish I could go back and relive those times with Battlefield Bad Company too. Anyway, the other ones I have on here are pretty are pretty um, kind of more similar to Dale's you know picks with the Brigmore Witches, and this is more of the Mass Effect Two DLC. Uh, Mass Effect series I got oh, way yeah. into, and I played Good Mass picks. Effect Two multiple times, and probably the second or third time I played through Mass Effect Two, I just went and bit the bullet and bought all the DLC. And back then, it really sucked the way that you had to buy the DLC on PC. <laughs> yeah, you from, recall this, Dale? For, yeah, yeah, from the Bioware <laughs> site. Like, you'd have to, yeah, like, find some obscure was, place where you had to download it and install it all separately. Yeah, it was, like, the worst thing. But it expanded on the game quite a bit, uh, added some new characters, the playable characters, um, Shadow Broker stuff, which Shadow Broker was always, like, a this mysterious theme, and they added all this new content. So I probably played all of the, uh, the Mass Effect uh, 2 DLC as well as the Mass Effect 3 DLC. I was pretty into Mass Effect hmm. for a while. And the other couple I have on here on my list are just quick add-ons to Blizzard games. The Diablo 3 Necromancer. I played a lot of Necromancer oh, yeah. in Diablo 3. The whole that, character, that re right? Me too. Yeah, it's a whole character. That, that revitalized the game for me for, you know, 30 hours of gameplay. Yeah, the Necromancer is a really great character in that game too. One of the best. Yeah, it was fun. 
And then also the StarCraft II Ghost campaign was really a lot of fun uh, and just ex- expanded on that story and gave you more single-player stuff hmm. to do in StarCraft. And um, StarCraft II is a fantastic game, and I feel like the campaign was probably worth it. And all these things are, you know, in that little $10, $5 to $10 range. I believe the StarCraft Ghost was 15 And then the, the Battlefield expansions were closer to, like, probably 20 I believe that's what expansion packs cost back then, usually, uh, for these games was about $20. So... Well, here, here's a final pop question to put you on the spot. What is the most recent DLC that you shelled out actual money for? Uh, for me, oh, shoot. yeah, for me, it was the Autica Season Pass. I actually liked Autica so much. In fact, it was one of my games of the year last year, one of the Game Bites. Um, I actually spent the 20, I can't remember if it was 20 or $25, um, almost immediately after playing the game the first time and bought that Season Pass. Um, and I mean, I mean, that's a pretty significant spend too. Uh, For me, it was uh, some in-game. It was some in-game uh, collectible cards for the Horus Heresy <laughs> Legions. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's uh, it was ago. Hunt Showdown cosmetic DLC. Hmm. Well, so those, there you go. Those are both very spot. interesting as well. <laughs> Actually, those technically, are... it was expanding my um, Nintendo Switch Online thing from. Um, individual to family oh yesterday. you know what that might be mine too I that, that actually DLC? might be that's mine DLC. yeah no but I, I his point is well taken it's it's an extra spend to yeah to play i don't know yeah. yeah i'm looking at everything else here i don't i don't know it's no. it's, it's hunt showdown for me for sure. really no <laughs> there's nothing wrong with cosmetics i mean i got 25 cent rims so who knows uh, but folks, speaking of your most recent, you've just completed your most recent download of the Game Byte Show podcast. We're done talking about news and new releases and stuff for the top of this week. But uh, if you have any comments, if you want to tell us about your DLC experiences, best, worst, cheapest, most expensive, whatever, uh, let us know about that stuff. You can find us on social media and tell us all about it. You can find us on Twitter at Game Bites Show. You can also find us individually. I am at Jeremy underscore Lamont. You can find me at Legrand. And I am at Count Elmdor. Find our fourth man, Jared Red Eye Dunn, at R-E-D underscore I. He's over at twitch.tv slash show. And as I mentioned on one of our recent recordings, uh, we this week are, uh, uh, sorry, this month, are going to be doing Joystick July. We're going to be playing basically uh, flight simulators, mech simulators, anything that you can play with a flight harness or a HOTAS system, the hands-on throttle and stick. Uh, and we've already been working through some, uh, I think I think for our first one, if, uh, if you haven't already seen it, we played... Uh, War Thunder, which is the f- sort of free-to-play flight simulator thing. Uh, Dale's got a good suggestion for us with some Elite Dangerous. I think we might be getting some space flight simulators in there, but uh, come join us for that. Watch us flail around with a uh, with a stick, and uh, that's at twitch.tv slash GameBiteShow. Find us over at GameBiteShow.com. You can find the back catalog of all of our podcasts there, links to our video content on the sidebar, as well as links to our Discord server, where you can come and uh, talk to us on a you know more intimate level, just day-to-day basis, see what's going on and uh, lots of good stuff going on there as well. And of course, we'll be back at the middle of this week to talk to you about some video games that we've been playing. We've already given you a couple of hints on what's to come, so look forward to that. But until then, this has been your Game Byte Show podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time. Be seeing you. Bye.